here the, the heathens, right, are giving it all to God and, and repenting. And then the, the prophet of God is not, yeah. right? Like well, he, because we can get in this, this false idea that we're fine. Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Kettering Connect, the weekly video cast where I get to hang out with my friend and colleague, Pastor Andrea Jacobsons, the newly pastor here at Kettering. Um, every week, we take some time to unpack the scriptures, dive a little deeper into them, and try to apply them to life and mm-hmm. ultimately answer your questions. Yes. So, again, Pastor Andrea Jacobsons, newly pastor for four weeks now, right? Is this yes, this is the fourth week. It's yeah. crazy. I can't even believe so it. So, it's super fun. Yeah, and this is Pastor Jason. And he is the youth pastor, but is also going to be transitioning pretty soon to being the young adult pastor as well is for that, a while. Is that official? Are we officially announcing that? I think it's going to be coming out like really soon. Oh, okay. Yay. So there's that. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> well, in a way, you've been helping with it forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so it's going to be official. Soon. But it's super fun, right? We get to work together. And um, yeah, I'm just super happy that you're mm-hmm. here. As I'm sure you hear that all the time, but it's for real legitimate. Uh, she's doing an Thank amazing you. job. And I know it's, it's kind of a big thing to move into this area and kind of you know, pick up where we've been going, um, especially during COVID where you can't see, you know, all of our church members, but um, you're mm-hmm. doing a great job. So thank you well, so thank much you. for all that you're doing. So this week we are unpacking chapter three yes. of the book of Jonah, um, and which you preached about last week. This week you'll be preaching on chapter four, finishing the series. Um, but first uh, I'll read it. Yeah, and then uh, we actually have someone who emailed in a question. So yes. we'll go over that question and then we'll kind of, I believe we'll answer that question as we mm-hmm. go through our little time here together. So there you go. So we're in Jonah chapter three. And I'm just going to start reading here in verse one. Again, this is the New Living Translation. That just happens to be the translation I have right now. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. I love that part. (laughs) Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. This time, Jonah obeyed. I wonder how many times, right? Like, maybe one day there'll be a book called Jason and, you know, there's going to, there'll be a verse that says, now this time, Jason (laughs) obeyed. True. Four million times later, but this is the time he actually did something. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I digress. Verse three, this time, Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh a city so large that it took three days to see it all. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. Okay, just to be clear, let me give you the whole sermon. Here's the whole sermon. Quote, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. Unquote. Oh, that's a, that's that's a short sermon. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. My sermons are usually not that short. But it is to the point. It, yeah, that's true. It's it is direct. Mean. Verse 5, the people of Nineveh believed God's message. That's also really good. We'll have to go back to that. And from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne. Oh, it's so interesting. And took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. So while you're there, just because you said it's interesting. Yeah. It's I found it interesting because the when I was reading through this, there is a chiasm of yeah. just within this where he arises, he puts on the the robe, and then he or he takes off his robe, he puts on sackcloth, and then he sits down. Then again. he sits so down. It's like this and this. Right. And he goes back down. No, the whole so interesting. book is just geniusly crafted mm-hmm. and put together. 
Um, yes, and now I totally lost one. Oh, verse oh, 7. Yeah. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. I mean, wow, way to get people's attention. Everyone starve. Um, no Taco Bell for you. No soup for you. That's. That, I guess you like Taco Bell. That's, well, I was actually, I was, so what, my first thought was no soup for you, but then I realized that's really old and only old people will get it. Um, do, do you get that reference? It's from nope. Seinfeld. Okay, that's, um, um, I'm too old okay, for yeah. that. Anyway, so then I was thinking, okay, well, no soup for you, no taco, whatever. This is totally going off the rails. Um, verse 8, people and animals alike must wear garments of mourning. People and animals. So, like, you got to get your, your cat, your dog, you know, your cow, mm-hmm. um, must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? This is, this is a great line here. I mean, now he's like theologizing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. And then finally, verse 10. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. Okay, yes. so good. Lots to talk about. We have limited time, so yeah, let's, get let's into go. Yeah. Uh, let's read the question first. Oh, right. I think you have it on the question. Again. Sorry. So here's the question that someone emailed, and then, like I said, well, I believe yeah. we'll we'll actually answer it during this time. Okay. So question is, how does God go from pursuing Jonah, who didn't even want to be in the same vicinity as God, to wanting to destroy an entire group of people? I get that Nineveh was evil, and they probably deserved to be destroyed, but it seems like God did a complete 180. How or sorry. How or why does God pick and choose who he saves from darkness? Why does he sometimes choose people who don't want to be saved over those who don't even know about him? Mm-hmm. And that's a great question. Actually, it's several questions within Yeah, there one. are several, yeah. And because it has all the different parts, we're going to answer it throughout, and hopefully we do answer it by the end. Mm-hmm. And I guess we could always reference it back and see if, to make sure we yeah, did get sure. it all. Um, but I want to start out by talking about something that's important here, and that is that what the message that Jonah gives them is a conditional prophecy. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference between conditional prophecy and an unconditional prophecy. So unconditional prophecy is, for example, the prophecy about Jesus coming again, about his second coming. It's for sure, and there's nothing that we can, anybody can do about the fact that he's coming. You could say that our behavior could either hasten the second coming or make it later. So there is something in the timing that maybe we could influence, but it is definitely not an event that we can influence or do anything about. It is a prophecy, it's coming, and it's for sure. The same way that when when it was told about Jesus coming the first time, that was an unconditional prophecy. However, here we have conditional prophecy, and most of the time we know they are conditional because it says, like, if something happens, then this is what's going to happen, this is going to be the result. But in this one, and in other places where you don't have the if part, you know that it's a conditional prophecy because it is assuming a reaction of people. So it has to do with the way that the people react, the way that people act based on the message that they received is what's going to determine whether something is going to happen or not. And so from the start, um, yes, it is a prophecy of, um, it is a message of judgment on the city, but it is also a message of hope because of the fact that their 
reaction now will determine what is going to happen. Um, and what's amazing is that it's like this message has 100% success. And obviously, as we were talking about before, <laughs> this doesn't mean that every single person is doing this, but it does mean that in general, it was so many people and, and it was such a revival in the city that it was, you could describe it as everyone. You know, everyone is part of this. Right. So something I think we'll get into later, but basically what I'm hearing you say is like, God doesn't change, right? Like the goal, the goal, the objective, like that is steadfast. His character is steadfast, but um, it's almost like he's accommodating, right? Mm -hmm. Or he's flexible yeah, um, with how he responds to us, right? To man. Oh, and because he wants to save every single person. So part right. of that, that question was, you know, does God pick and choose who he's going to save? No. All of us have the possibility, the chance of being saved, every single person. Sure. It's all about our response. Right. Um, and we cannot be saved besides the cross of Christ, the, the his blood covering us, and our response of that repentance and and just letting him be the one who takes over in our lives. Sure. So, no, absolutely. So it's kind of like, you know, because the scriptures talk about how, like, we're all God's children, right? And so... You know, depending on the moment, depending on the day. So I have three children. Most people know that. Sometimes I have a favorite over the others. Like, no, you're my favorite today. You too, not not so much, right? Depends on what yeah. they're doing. They're fighting. And honestly, uh, I have two sons and a daughter. It's usually my daughter. She she gets away with murder and she knows Daddy's it. She's girl. the youngest and she's she's my baby girl. But the, the reality is my all three, but I love no one, Ben, too, because I know you're watching. Daddy loves you. But the other thing is, that just got creepy. I'm sorry. But the other thing is, right, I love all of my children. And so within the question, it was, well, who does God choose, right, to, to save? Like, no, he, he's, he is choosing. He is in passionate pursuit of all of yes. his children, right? It, it, so that part doesn't change. Um, and he's, like, flexible in, in responding. But ultimately, it's still our choice. Yes. Um, and, and he's flexible in responding. Um, also, you can see it in throughout the story of Jonah because he has to adjust based on what Jonah does. Right. Because Jonah goes a little crazy in right. his reaction. And so now God has to figure out, okay, well, how am I going to bring you back? Right. Because we can, I mean, I didn't actually talk to God about this, but I'm assuming the storm and the fish was not in God's original plan, right? Yeah. That's not plan A, right? This is like plan B, C, D, yes. right? Whatever. Um, but yet, right, God still, he's being flexible in pursuing him and the Ninevites, right? As yeah, far he as how, finds how a solution for the moment. Right. Because now this is the way to save Jonah. And, and to me, uh, another reason or another way that, you know, this point is brought up is here at the very beginning uh, of verse 1, where it says, the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time, right? And so it's almost like, it, it kind of makes me go back to like Abraham, right? When, you know, he's pleading, right? He's praying to God. He's interceding on behalf of, of the people of Sodom, right? Well, if there's just 50 righteous, okay, yes. no, if there's just 40 righteous, right? And he gets them on down to 10. Well, it, it's kind of like that, right? God continues to be flexible. He continues to passionately pursue. Mm -hmm. And so here, maybe, you know, so the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time, but what if he wouldn't have responded? Then another, you know, there could be another chapter. Then the yeah. Lord spoke to Jonah a third time, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> or it's just, that's true. I, I just think it speaks to God's character yes. on how he continues to to pursue us. And as you're talking about Abraham, I was thinking, and, and Sodom and Gomorrah, I was thinking of, um, there is a verse there that 
where God says, I'm coming in because of the outcry of the people around Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, right. So they are crying out because of the violence that's going on. So yes, there are times when God has to come in and he has to intervene. And he it's as if, my dad describes it as a surgeon coming in to cut off cancer. Mm -hmm. So there is this evil that is just taking over a region and it's so bad that the people in their area are crying out to God saying, God, please do something. I can't even imagine all that stuff that was going on, but mm -hmm. I'm thinking the the worst things that we can think of today, that was going on then too. Right. Oh, even absolutely. without screens, you, right. they still had, and I mean, even just thinking about the, the cultic prostitution and all the stuff that they used to do in the temples, mm -hmm. it was like watching porn mm -hmm. in real person, mm -hmm. you know, in, in real mm -hmm. life. So it was... In I the mean, context of, of worshiping a God. Yes. Like there was like a religious connection to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, just incredible. Yeah. And so the evil that was going on was definitely just so oppressive, so awful that people were just like, we can't keep living like this. God, please do something. Mm -hmm. And so then he does and he, you know, cuts off that evil because it needs to be done. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes God does bring that judgment on a certain situation because that is the only way to move forward to try to cut off that that evil at least for a little while. Because mm -hmm. as we know, mm -hmm. evil is still around, mm -hmm. Satan is still around, mm -hmm. and so it keeps coming back. But he needs to do something. The same with the flood. I mean, it's even the flood the first time that the word grace is mentioned is in the story of the flood, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where because it is God giving them grace for all these many like days and, and years where he's telling them, okay, preach to them, tell them mm -hmm. that something's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Nobody responds, nobody repents, yeah, nothing. Nobody, right. nobody turns to God. And in right. the end, if God hadn't intervened when he did, he would have lost everybody. There would have mm -hmm. been nobody left on earth because you mm -hmm. think about it, there is the Noah and his wife and then what, the three, the three sons. sons and uh -huh. then their and wives. Their wives. Mm -hmm. Well, and in the, once the story of Noah, of, of Jonah, of Jonah, of Noah, not Noah, the flood is yeah. over. Yeah. Then you see that right away, even those sons start choosing evil too. Oh yeah. So yep. it would not have lasted much longer. And so God in his mercy and realizing that, wow, he would have lost the human race. He has to come mm -hmm. in and he has to do something. Mm -hmm. But yes, that also does not mean that God doesn't sometimes just bring judgment because he has to. Mm -hmm. And that is a real thing that also will happen at the end. Right, because we're all right, like God's children and he's moving right, and, and, and pursuing um, differently. Um, one thing, so sort of connected to that is, if, as we keep going, um, is this line, and it, it's actually in the beginning of chapter one, and then we also see it here. But in, in English, it says, um, get up and go to that great city of Nineveh. And it's just kind of mm -hmm. Does, doesn't really mean anything, right? It's kind of quick to, it's easy to, to read past that. Um, but I was doing a little research, and, and basically what I find interesting is there's this little uh, Hebrew preposition, lay, um, which ultimately is this concept of belonging, right, um, or possession. And so basically the what some of the commentators I was looking at were saying is when God is telling Jonah, go to that city, it's like he's saying, go to that great city who are important to me, right? They belong to me, right? And so last week in your sermon, you're talking about how like terrible were they, and they were awful, right? They were terrible people. Uh, they would skin you alive and do all these awful things. But yeah, as even, I was reading through some of that, I was just like, oh, no, it's heinous. people even do that? Right. <laughs> like I never even know that existed. Right. Uh, and Okay, we could go on another yeah. random tangent, but they were awful. Just believe yes. us, they were very 
R-rated, X-rated people. Um, but God still loved them, and mm-hmm. right, uh, and, and it that's says right. they belong to Him. Um, and well, so and I just think it's really interesting. Message, yes, right, and He's that is pursuing so them. Yes, He is even through a message that we think, okay, well, what is that? But sometimes, even in our lives, I mean, God has to do like something drastic, otherwise, we don't really pay attention to Him. Right, right, um, and so that is also part of um, just this message is kind of jarring, or it makes you realize, okay. Yes, I need to think about God. And then the repentance that happens is just incredible. Right. Complete repentance. Um, like the entire entire city. What I find interesting. So then he goes and he gives this message. Um, it says, right, verse three, this time Jonah obeyed the Lord. Um, and then it says, right, so the city's so large, it's the right, so God possesses all of it, right? He cares about all of them, this this great city to God. Um, but he needs to go and speak to all of these people, right? It's a three days journey, apparently, to get through this town. And according to scripture, we'll have to ask him one day, Jonah, I'm, well, I'm, Jonah's not watching, that's creepy. <laughs> one day I want to ask Jonah, okay, how far did you go? Like, you tell me the story, because I know what's written down here. You tell me. Um, yes. But according to this, it almost implies that he only went in like one day, right? So he's, and then all he says is these, you know, in Hebrew, there are five words, five Hebrew words for this message. In English, it's a little longer, but essentially 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. That's the sermon. Right? Drops the mic, walks away, where's the haystacks? Right? Uh, <laughs> like, yes. total, a minimal message. Um, there's no mention of, like, okay, here's why you're being judged, right? So he doesn't even, like, explain that. He doesn't even no. talk about how, um, by the way, um, there's a chance if you repent, then you'll be saved. Like, there's no silver lining even within this message, um, just 40 days and, um, yeah, it will yeah. be destroyed. And that's it. Or, uh, <laughs> but another translation uh, of that word, I got to make sure I say it right for all the children out there, um, hafak. Well, you can also say hafak, like the guttural sound. Hafak, yeah. yeah. Uh, I just want to make sure I said it correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but there are a couple ways of translating that. Um, and essentially, it's this idea of of overturn. Right um, or, or to turn back or to turn around, yeah. um, and so what we were talking about before, yeah, sure. If you have like a cake and you overturn it, yeah, it's totally destroyed, right? But it also could be this idea of to be reformed or um, to repent, right? To turn around, uh, kind of thing. So it's almost like he's saying, "Listen, you have forty days, and Nineveh will be reformed, right? Could actually be." Could oh, come I back. like that. I like the term "reformed" because that is. What happens? It's either going to be destroyed or not, or not, which would be a complete opposite. And what is what is absolutely amazing is that it is the the complete opposite. Right. That it is the this this huge transformation that happens all throughout the city. And, um, well, I did write it down, but now I don't remember um, what it was, and I forgot to bring it. So I'm just going to say it somehow. But there is a in the 95 theses that mm. Martin Luther. Um, nailed on the door, it has the very first one, there's a line where he says that repentance is not about something that happens just as a one-time event. It is something that happens, that needs to happen daily. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about just this reform within the church because everything was about you pay for your forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And he's saying no. And and then on top of that, he's giving up this concept where he's saying repentance is a daily thing. And I just thought that was really awesome. And I don't know how it continues within the city, but for me... It was a, a really great thing to to think about that 
for them, they have this amazing heart change, heart transformation, mm -hmm. and they are doing repentance and just giving it all, all to God. And it just makes me think, okay, you know, am I also doing that? Mm-hmm. Or am I more like Jonah? <laughs> right, that's the thing. Like here, the, the heathens, right, are giving it all to God and, and repenting. And then the, the prophet of God is not, Yeah. right? Like, well, he, because we can get in this, this false idea that we're fine. And kind of like sure. I was mentioning that at the beginning of the sermon where I just thought I was good. I was the, the daughter of a pastor and, I, you know, I've always like lived a certain way. I even read the Bible sometimes. But then I met somebody who actually had a passion for God. And mm. that's when I realized, no, I don't have that. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want. Mm -hmm. I want to live for God in such a way where daily I give it all to him. Daily I surrender. Mm -hmm. Daily I repent. Mm -hmm. and, no, absolutely. And But what's amazing to me also with that, is verse 5, so he he does this this sermon, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be mm. reformed, right, converted, destroyed. Verse 5, the people of Nineveh believed God's message. So it's almost like, okay, so here you have this, this, this vessel of God, right, Jonah, who totally doesn't really want to be there. I'm not even sure he believes this message. Um, well, and... he believes it. He just doesn't want God to be compassionate. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. he says. Um, sure, yeah. okay. Um, but like God said, go three days in. Like tell everyone he only goes like one day in. Um, totally like being like a minimalist here. Yeah. But yet the people heard God's voice, right? So mm -hmm. kind of speaking to this idea of even broken vessels, like this kid That's from right. Chicago uh, yeah, who still screws up. Like, I'm not perfect, as everyone knows, mm -hmm. right? Um, but God well, can still speak through that vessel, right? Yes. And, and ultimately, they heard God's voice, not Jonah's. And that's so awesome. It just makes me so excited that God does that. Because, right. yeah, because if he was waiting for anybody perfect, who would he find? <laughs> right. Which to me kind of implies that God, we were talking about it earlier, that yes, God's working on Jonah and his journey, but he's also working on the Ninevites and yes. their journey, right? At the same and, time. Yeah, at the same time. And that's what he can do. That's why he's God. Right. He is amazing. And so I wonder if he had already been softening their hearts, right? If yeah. he, Was God already on the move behind yes. the scenes? Was he already doing stuff there? So by the time Jonah shows up and he says these one, you know, that's this right. one little sermon, they're like, I get it. That's yeah. what I've been feeling. Well, and it's interesting because in some of the commentaries that I read, is it was mentioned that it was possible that during this time that it happened, there were some earthquakes and some other right. things happening in nature yeah. that could have Alarmed started, them. Made, yeah, started yeah. making people think that, oh... Um, you know, is is something happening right. and is God talking to us? And then Jonah brings his message. So we don't know, obviously, um, sure. for sure what was going on during this time. But I think you're right. God is always working because his Holy Spirit is always working in our hearts and lives. Yeah. And so, and that also goes back to that question. He doesn't just choose certain people to work on. He's, he's choosing everybody. Mm -hmm. But there comes a point where God can't do anything more for a person when that person keeps pushing and pushing God mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. um, and so then it may seem like God is not doing something for that person, but that's because that person has pushed God out of their life. Because God doesn't force, yes. right? Um, that's right. God is, you know... Wow. The scriptures are clear, right? God is love, and love can only exist in a state of freedom, right? So if there is no freedom, right. then love does not exist. Therefore, there That's must right. always be freedom. There must yeah. always be choice. So no, God won't 
bust in and and, and force his way, right? But yeah. he does continue to pursue, always behind the scenes. And that's yes. and that's what I think is really interesting. So we can give sermons and Bible studies and all the random stuff that we do. And we think, okay, God, it's, it's you and me. It's you and me, God, mm-hmm. we're doing this. And God's like, yeah, you have no idea, right? <laughs> You're this right. little slice of this massive plan that I've been working on, right, behind the mm-hmm. scenes. Um, well, I think we can end with um, talking yeah. about verse 10. Yeah, exactly. Um, just because it's, well, it says that God saw their works and they turned from their evil ways and God relented. And the word for relented can also be compassion. I think you have a different Yeah, had compassion. Um, so mine... New Living says changed his mind, oh, change his but mind. in the original, it's, yeah, it really can compassion. mean compassion. Yes. So God oh, has relented. compassion, and again, God doesn't change, but he adapts. Right? Well, he He's always flexible. has compassion. Right. It's just now it's all about our response. Right. You know, And so then it, his compassion really shows because he's able to, to do something and just say, okay, um, I don't need to come in. Right. You guys have chosen me. Um, Which I think is probably, and again, I don't want to speak for God, but I'm, that's probably the goal here, right? Yeah. He wants to be in relationship with them. So right. if this was the vehicle, let's say, in order to have that relationship, to start that relationship, um, because specifically right. the word we talked about a little bit earlier, but in verse 5 when it says, when the people of Nineveh believed God, it's the same word uh, from Genesis when it says, and Abraham believed... Wait... Am I saying the right thing? When Abraham, oh yeah, that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, the same idea, like, okay, Abraham trusted God. These people are trusting God. Maybe that's the goal. And now they're all trusting God, right? And you yes. only trust someone that you have a relationship with. So perhaps that's now, right. after these 40 days, this month and some change, these people have a relationship with God. They yeah. are his. And he's like, okay, that's, that's right. the goal. That's awesome. And the other thing that made me think about, you know, them trusting in God is that means that trusting in God requires then action because they right. act right, right after that. Right. And um, so we can't just say, okay, well, we just know of God. It's not just this intellectual knowledge. It's really about action and giving ourselves to him mm-hmm. and then saying no to things that are not good for us, mm-hmm. um, that mm-hmm. God is saying you know, instead follow me and focus on me. And that's why I was like, I was uh, in, during, in the sermon, I was mentioning the shuv word turn, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it's not, it's about being turned from evil and turning towards, towards Jesus. Right. Repentance, right? You yes. stop and turn around. That's right. Uh, literally what yeah. it means. Cool. So you want to uh, finish with a challenge, right? Did, did I make um, that up? So okay. I didn't really have one, a specific one in mind, Sorry. but I <laughs> totally. did think of one just as you said that. Okay, perfect. Okay, so we're good. So um, I, my challenge is for all of us to kind of analyze our lives, because I believe that that's something that we need to do often, and mm-hmm. like Martin Luther even pointed out, daily. So take the time to analyze your life um, today and every day of this week, and just think through where it is that you're at with God. Maybe you're angry at him for something. Well, then tell him that. Maybe you are uh, on the verge of of repenting and just turning to him. Well, then whatever it is, talk to him about it. Take the time on your knees to analyze where you're at and what you would want in your relationship with God and, and then what he wants, um, because that is he wants a close relationship with God, which is what we had just talked about. Mm-hmm. So take the time to really think through and then talk to God about it.
Yeah, because above all, he's pursuing yes. all of us, right? He's pursuing you, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a That's beautiful right. thing. And yeah. then this next week, you're going to finish the series. Uh, Jonah chapter four. Chapter four. Yes. So watch this week. Uh, Pastor Andrea, will you pray for us real quick? Yes, and then, I would love to. And we'll be done. Lord God, I just want to thank you again for this opportunity to dig deeper into your word, being able to talk about things that you have left for us in your word. I pray that you keep teaching us and keep especially drawing us closer to you so that it's not just head knowledge that we have, but it is experiential knowledge with you so that um, we have that passion for you and that it shows in the way that we live. I pray this new name. Amen. Amen. Cool. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for watching. See you next week. See you guys. Could do a dance. Connect. 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 It's.